Hello, Tracy. Thank you very much for coming on. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm glad to be here. So, Tracy, you are a very interesting person. You're a chiropractor, you're a holistic healer, a coach. You've got your toes in many different buckets, as some would say. Um, I do. And that's awesome. I think it's great. You know, there's no need to just be one thing. It can be lots of things on top of just being a person. But uh, today, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, and one of the main things that I was hoping we could discuss today is holistic healing, right? Mm. And its relationship to pain. I know mm. that this is one of the areas of your interest and your specialty, and that you've worked with a bunch of people who have, you know, had really difficult symptoms or uh, conditions. I don't know what the technical terms are for yeah, it. Yeah, that's but, great. Um, yeah, I, I was hoping that's what we could talk about today. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, I have this belief in YOLO. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. we we get one life. Well, we, yeah. we have many lives, but in this incarnation, you know, with this soul being this kind of physical presence, you, you get one shot. And so I'm really excited to just hone in on the things that I love. And you mentioned all things that I love. I think that stems from my love of people. Mm. Like, as you said, I'm a human first. And um, I really love people, honestly. Ever since I was a kid, I just I kind of loved people. And then I got cool to not like people. Right. <laughs> you know? but, I, but I still loved people. Yeah. And so the, the reason why I'm focusing on people is because I came up with this term, and I'm going to call it holistic personal development. Okay. Because when you think about personal development, everyone thinks of like Tony Robbins, right? And Tony Robbins is like very raw, raw, hype you, you up. You're so it. excited. You can do it. And then yeah. you like are like, but then how do I do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what I thought personal development was too. I was like, that is not for me. No way. Um, and I had never it like invested in a coach or anything. I didn't even know that was a thing. I was just like in chiropractic science professional world. Like when you're... Uh, when you do a professional service and that's the kind of school that you like go to, um, you're in a bubble. Mm. You're in a bubble. You're like, I'm really good at doing my thing. Like, I'm a really good doctor. And then when it comes to business, you're like, what is going on? <laughs> or right. like marketing or anything. You're like, huh? Like you're like, they should teach you something about that. And like, not really, you know? Um, so I like the term holistic because I really took that on like I wanted to be well-rounded or whatever you want to call it I wanted to understand how every facet of business works because fun fact if you're in any kind of like professional school and then you go out in the world you're an entrepreneur right then and there <laughs> yeah and they don't really <laughs> they, they don't tell you that you know so here you are yeah. you're like I'm a really good doctor I'll just put a sign up on my door and people will come right I'm really mm. good at what I do if only no and i and that's a hard lesson that many of us have to learn even if you're like a lawyer well actually lawyers probably do it better but still like you can put the sign up but you have to do something to get people to come in um yeah. so it's how this world. all yeah and so how this all relates to pain is that it's very much a part of the human experience pain pain is a part of the human experience. And so what's interesting is on some level, somewhere in our minds, we all know that. We're all like, yeah, pain, right? But then when you actually have it and you're experiencing it, you want it to go away. Yes. You're like, I want this to be gone for me as quickly as possible. 
And media does a really good job, and not media, just society does a really good job of promoting that. Mm-hmm. Take this analgesic, take yeah. this pain reliever. None of it will say get rid of your pain because it's not possible to totally get rid of your pain without some sort of you being involved somehow. Right. You know? And so no that's why I... Fixes. Well, I mean, people try to sell that, right? And you can you can relieve pain. Like I tell people, like you can relieve it. It And like very quickly, like Advil does its thing. You know, yeah. that that is... You know, and if that is your definition of I want my pain to be gone, well, then there is a quick fix, right? Mm-hmm. That is there. But it will come back, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just relieving it. It's not that there's anything right. wrong with you. It's just you're not actually addressing why it's there in the first place, you know? Yeah, the cause. The cause, yeah. So I tell people if you're hoping and wishing and praying for pain to, to like go away, that is a slippery slope. A really slippery slope and even being a healthcare provider when I first started I didn't know that we mm-hmm. were taught in school like person has pain you fix it right so I was wh- like what, where did you le- where did you learn that uh, it doesn't work that way oh I think I got my first taste of that when I worked at the veterans hospital in Miami Florida so I mm. I basically won the scholarship to go study there and I wanted to go to Florida. So I, I was going to school in New York at, at this point, and I'm Canadian. Mm-hmm. And I was in upstate New York, so it was like a tiny town. It's like Seneca Falls, okay? Right. So it was beautiful, because like, there's the Finger Lakes, but like Miami, I mean, <laughs> I want to go to <laughs> Miami, you know? I knew yeah, that my yeah. time would be limited there as a student, so I was like, I want to go to Miami, you know? So I'm going to try. Right. So I applied and I got it. And I had like no family that has any experience in the military, but I got the opportunity. So anyway, I ended up going there and it was like, whoa, because we were used to dealing with other students, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm still a student. So yeah, I was nice. used to treating other students or people from the community. Mm-hmm. So we didn't see too many really complex cases. We would go to see, you know, lower income places and we would see more complex cases, but nothing like the veterans like I and and like I said I don't have any family in the military so I was really shocked with the the amount of health issues that each individual person had right so what's interesting about the VA is you can see everyone's health record so once Mm. you so you can see it so it's it's all they have one giant file and everybody who's who's their practitioner can like look at it Right. So we would try not to read the whole thing before they came in because then we would sort of have these prejudgments. So we would do our like history and then we would sort of look at their file afterwards mm-hmm. and help us kind of paint a bigger picture. And what I noticed is that these guys were talking a, a lot about like mental, emotional things. Yeah. And physical pain. Right. But it was like, it was like complex. I mean, we talked about it before. It was like, it was pretty complex stuff. So these are... Um, soldiers who were like very badly wounded and maybe didn't have limbs mm-hmm. you know I've, I've I've never talked to anybody at, before that point with phantom limb pain right. before right so you've heard of that people that yeah, don't have a limb still feel like their like limb is there yeah. and then they now they have this excruciating pain in the body part adjacent to where that limb is now not there anymore um, so really really complex cases or like multiple um, different diseases that are known right. 
right and then they have back pain and sometimes they didn't even know why they were seeing me so they would have these these com- no I'm serious they would yeah, have these no, complex diagnoses and they're like who are you who are you yeah. I don't know this is like my eighth appointment today it's like yeah You're oh god my back like, yeah yeah they're like the- oh for oh for for my back i thought it was for blah 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 blah. and you're yeah. like how many appointments and they just they just have a paper and they're just following it like i'm sure. on just like i came to the sixth floor to see you like it was crazy it was nuts and i there's so many things going on and you have like 20 30 minutes with the like person mm-hmm. and i was like i don't know what to do and then again going back to my human first right i was like yeah. what can i offer this person like yes i can crack your back but there's so many things going on right. and so i just started like listening to their story two reasons right. i'm just super curious so i was like really curious like what is it like to actually serve your country when you're 19 or 20 and you don't have that much experience you come back and now you're almost 30 mm-hmm. almost a whole decade of your life is there a really important part of people's lives so like what is that like why did you go i'm curious i don't know and yeah. they were open to like telling me what was actually going on in their experience you know some of them right. came back on um I, for, I forget what it's called when you come back for like a few like a month or so and oh, like vacation well it's not vacation. vacation yeah there's <laughs> like a there's like a name for it but most of them would come back see their partner and then she might get pregnant you know yeah. yeah and so they'd have kids right and then they'd have kids while they were serving but they wouldn't know these kids right so so sometimes you know i remember one guy specifically telling me like he had a daughter and she was born while he was away and he came back like the first time he saw her she was two wow so his partner has a lot of like resentment that maybe not is the word that she used but like she had to raise this kid by herself for two years Mm -hmm. and it's not like they necessarily were planning on having a kid you know and when he comes back it's sort of like we'll be a father to this kid yeah and it's like you don't have that emotional connection to that kid it's not like you don't love the kid like of course you do but you you just missed two years right and so or impossible to make up time oh my gosh totally and he had like mid back pain and like lower back pain that was excruciating and it was unrelenting Mm -hmm. and he just wanted some kind of relief and it wasn't until he actually said these things out loud that they actually started to improve wow so there was a connection there yeah and he even noticed that like on the days where we didn't meet or he didn't talk about it or he suppressed more and like didn't like things were like happening and he wasn't honest about how he was feeling things would get worse mm-hmm. and in certain yeah. areas and especially like they're like different triggers so if it triggered something i'll give you like a for instance so this is something i started learning here and i mm-hmm. didn't know it at the time but i put it together so if anybody had concerns about their financial stability mm-hmm. or like who they are in the world like i'm a father or i'm a provider or like i am a man you know what i mean if it's like i like went to war and i can't provide for my family and i can't be that father that's like a core issue and like who you are as a person yeah that is very much related to your root chakra okay which is like for, for people who don't know what that is your root chakra is your identity who you are and that's at the base of your spine that's like an energy center there and i noticed this is before i knew anything people that would describe those kinds of things would always have pain there and it was actually it's crazy and it would be there for like a long period of time 
but it would be right. periodic. It would be on and off, on and off. So they would notice it, and then they would do something about it, and then it would go away, and then they would keep doing the same thing, though. Right. No change in their life. No lifestyle. change. Nothing. Well, because they didn't know this, right? Sure. Yeah. So I'm helping people connect a lot of dots right now, but people don't know this, right? Like so he didn't, he, 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 he wasn't being like, well, you know, I'm not a good dad, blah, blah, blah. He was just explaining how he felt. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to look at this child and want to really, it's like, he actually said this to me. It's like, you know, when you go visit your, your like, um, your friend's baby, have you ever done that before? Or like, you're yeah. like, you know, cousin's baby. And you're Chong. like, oh my god, this baby is like adorable, so cute. And then you just give it back to whoever yeah. <laughs> the parent is, right? You have like fun. You're like, it's cute, but it's not mine. Yeah. You know, why do the we connection. have that mine feeling? It's that connection. You got it, mm-hmm. right? It's that connection. And so he's like, I kind of have that feeling of like, well, then I'm just gonna give this baby to whoever. You know what right. I mean? And to for him mom. to even open yeah. up to me like that. Like, I thought that was normal. And people are like, no, this is not normal. And then I asked him, like, why are you telling me this? Like, don't you... Like, I see that you have psychotherapy. Yeah. Like, or no, hey, he I'm sees, a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he actually did, wasn't a psychotherapist. It was a psychologist. Sorry. Sure. He had a psychologist. And he was like, she just wants to, like, put me on pill. She's not really interested in, like, listening to me. Because hmm. I tried talking to her, but it's, like, very standoffish, like... I don't feel like you're going to do that to me. And I'm not saying this because I think I was better than her. I'm judging or comparison. It was just, I didn't know what else to do. And I was genuinely curious about their experience. And I mean, to be honest with you, I was a student working there uh, under a different doctor who was licensed. So I wasn't, this wasn't like my paid job, right? Right. Like I wasn't getting paid or not paid or whatever. Um, And they're on salary. So they get paid whether people do better or worse. It doesn't matter, you know? Mm -hmm. that's Um, fun yeah and what's interesting too about all of this is that the soldiers would actually get paid if they were disabled so the more disability they could prove they would actually get paid more from the basically u.s government being like yeah you serve for us yeah Yeah, and that well it was actually just the government at this point the like va right so it's like you served your country Right. You got injured and now we're going to support you financially because of your service. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's Which why is a, you would expect that to be the case for sure. A hundred percent. But the incentive is being more disabled. It's not like if right. you're healthier, we'll pay right. you. It's like the more unhealthy. Oh, I think we lost connection for a second. Are you there? Oh, yeah. OK. Sorry. Did I drop? I think we just... I think yeah, just momentarily, but it's all good. Um, so you, you're saying that, that there's no incentive necessarily to be healthier, right? Because no. you need... And so w- is there a requirement that you would need to continuously prove your quote-unquote yes. disability? Um, yes. So they, so they need wow. one of the healthcare providers, right, to basically fill out a form saying what the issue is and then the percentage disabled they are because of that issue. Whoa. It is crazy. How do you even quantify that? So they have, this is crazy. So they have values for, so for example, the highest thing that could be disabling is Mm -hmm. PTSD. And that is 70%. Okay. Now that doesn't have a body part. Right. That doesn't sound, what do you mean 70%? So you can be up to 70%. 
disabled just well, for PTSD. What what's a hundred percent disabled? So nothing is a hundred. So so one thing Dead. cannot be a hundred percent, right? I don't even think amputation is a hundred percent. It might be though. I, I I actually didn't ask to be honest with you. I only right. know this because I asked. I was like, what is happening? Because they don't teach you this. No one teaches you when you get there. You're yeah. just supposed to like do your thing. I'm like the go crack some backs. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. Um. So I was curious. So I was like, well, help me understand this. Like, what's going on, right? Because they yeah. had to tell us like people would basically fake tests. Um, and fake pain so that they could get more money if it looked yeah. worse and we were students and they, they thought that they could like get past us and um, they would do that and I was like people wouldn't do that no people do that so they had yeah. to train us to be able to de- like decipher is this person telling the truth or not so I well, got listen, really I mean, good yeah it, it's an it would it's an extraordinary position to be in for them you know totally Where, like you've you've gone and served the country and you've been to war and you know, you've seen or done some really intense stuff that's had, you know, lasting or permanent damage potentially to you. Yes. And then you come back and, you know, reintegration into life and society is difficult at the best of times. And, you know, as you say, like trying to find means to support your family or yourself or whatever it is can be difficult. And then there's this option that comes up, not obviously for everyone, but for some that comes up where it's like oh well you can get money if you've been injured or if you're you know considered disabled and that comes with all kinds of challenges by itself um never mind the injury itself it's like okay but then so you're you're now you have to perpetuate this system right and i mean like not to sidetrack your point but it's like even in in normal society like long and short-term disability leave in the corporate world works in a sort of similar way sometimes right where you can do that and you can get money to be off um or it it can work with all kinds of things and i mean you know it's set up for good reason like it's it it, it, the initial intent of why it was created was obviously for a good reason it was like you have good people who are injured or who are disabled who need support and you know who have provided a service to the country or the company or the government or whatever it is and so they deserve some financial compensation for it obviously right but then it must put you in a very difficult position to be like well if i stop being this like if i get better then i'm now on my own right and then what do i do so that's that's very intense um yeah, you did a great job of summarizing that. And actually, it's so interesting that you, you <laughs> brought up like the like health, I mean, the um, short term disability, because it's the same. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like you said, the incentive, it started off, like you said, as a really positive thing. But now I think it like things need to change. Mm-hmm. Right. It's actually because the same with unemployment. Now it's the same thing. It. It's the same yeah. thing. They're they're actually all the like same thing. One might be like physical symptoms and not. Right. But mm-hmm. it's it's the same thing. The incentive is focusing on the problem right right? and it, there's like if you keep focusing on the problem it only expands yeah or persists you know? at least it it persists so it's like and this is when my mind started being like wait a minute this has bigger implications than just this va right now because mm-hmm. every va has the same issue right right because this is like again i told you this is government money mm-hmm. that's now being spent on keeping veterans like 
literally walking or or like and it's hard for them to get work elsewhere too so this becomes like a multi-pronged issue yeah complicated for everyone it's complicated for everyone it's not it's not fun for anybody you know and so Um, this is my mind is like what is going on because you know i have you know friends who are back at the you know school that we were in and they're uh seeing like a few people a week and i'm seeing like you know 20 a day sometimes and there's all these other issues that our mind is is expanding let alone the traffic in miami (laughs) right (laughs) oh my god no one told me about that (laughs) like i kind of knew it was like the second worst place for traffic but right oh my god i'm a canadian girl so i'm like and i drove my car down there so i'm like i had to get my brakes replaced when i was there i was like oh god i've only been here for a few months anyway and so i'm just telling you this because i was going through personal challenges too like this was a lot for me to take on people's deep issues. I mean, we didn't even talk about half the stuff that I learned when I was there. And then also this traffic issue is causing stress. I know that sounds funny, but it's like actually true. Anybody that's lived there knows what I'm talking about. It is it is quite stressful. You're like, that car is not going to do that. And yeah, it did. <laughs> it definitely did that. So anyway, I'm, t- I'm yeah. talking about all this because I was a human also trying to navigate this. Sure. Just you trying know? to make sense of things. Yeah. And I learned that, like, I learned very quickly that, and I'll just talk about healthcare because that's where my experience is, is is set up not with our best interest, really, right? It's set up to protect other people and look like it's benefiting the consumer or the, you know, the, like, person on the other side. But I realize that it's, it's really a defensive thing to keep people like functioning at a certain level. But do you think it's like that by design or do you think it's like that just how it turned out? Because I think it's both. I think honestly it's I think it's both and I think for a certain amount of time that worked. Right. Right? Like when our society was moving at a certain speed, it worked. And then technology just like like mm-hmm. think about the iPhone first came out in like what was it 2004? I don't know something like that, yeah like something something and look at where we are now yeah it's like crazy. it's insane the amount of things that have changed rapidly and like the whole society moves at a different pace and the workforce has changed right yeah so all these things have changed and the way we operate has changed like were we supposed to be around all this technology like i'm grateful for it but there's also effects that it has and our lives haven't changed and shifted and yeah. healthcare is using a model from like the 70s or the 80s that worked right you know it hasn't been updated sufficiently it hasn't it it hasn't been updated and i don't and the, think yeah and the structure i was just going to say the structures are so complex that trying to navigate massive change is an almost impossible task like it's like trying to you know when you see governments trying to make big changes like it it sounds good and it's a good idea and they probably should do it but once they try, the amount of bureaucracy and red tape that's involved in just about every decision that gets made is astonishing. And it's like, it's how does anything ever get done? But it does. I mean, you know, I don't want wouldn't want to be too pessimistic about it. Like, the change happens and it's good and maybe it's a bit slow or whatever and there's lots of area to improve. But it certainly can happen, right? And ultimately, it comes down to just the people involved. Right, and 100%. Whether, whether they're willing and, and able to do to do that kind of change. But so yeah. just to um, take it back to 
uh, a point that I wanted to raise up earlier was, so when you were dealing with these vet, uh, veterans that had, you know, all this like psychological and emotional pain that mm-hmm. had these physical manifestations, right? Um, and so was it, aside from the story of, I mean, not the story, but aside from them telling you their story and explaining things and, you know, for them perhaps not even knowing that there's a connection between the two, like, were the, were there, were the symptoms um, detectable, so to speak? Uh, I, I don't know what the right way to phrase this is, but it, I'm, I'm trying to say, like, you know how a lot of time people will have pain, but they don't know why, and they go for a bunch of scans and shit, and nothing comes mm-hmm. up, and but it's still there, right? They're mm-hmm. experiencing this this physical pain, mm-hmm. um, and they try all kinds of treatments and things like that, and a lot of it doesn't necessarily help that much. Um, mm-hmm. it, is it that kind of thing, or is it like no, there's all this? Um, there, there are clear physical problems that can be helped and fixed. And, you know, in order to maintain that, you need to also address the psychological side of things. Um, does that question make sense? Yeah. And to answer that question, it's both. Like, it's, mm. it's, it's like and. It's like there were both. And it's like, it's kind of interesting that you're asking me that specifically about the VA because they have access to all of the tests. Like, you want mm. a bone scan, you can get it. You want a DEXA scan, you can get it. So DEXA scan is, like, what they use for cancer screening mm. and bone scan. So they basically will scan your whole freaking body, and they'll find something and point to that. Like, right. everybody has something going on, right? Sure. So they will find something, and they'll point to that. And they'll try right. to cut it out or strengthen it, or they'll do, like, a whole bunch of other things. And I'm not saying that those things don't work. They work. But yeah. we're talking about root cause versus, like, as you said, short-term solution. And I've just found that it's not necessarily, tell me if this makes sense, it's not necessarily the x-ray finding. It's how that x-ray finding is interpreted by you. The clinician. No, the, like, the, like patient. The, the patient. Right? So right. it's not so much, like... Okay, let me give you a for instance. So something we see all the time is called degenerative disc. Mm-hmm. And now they call it disease. Degenerative discs is an x-ray finding. It's like when the space between your spinal bones gets smaller. Mm-hmm. That's a normal aging process. Right. Okay. So they th- that's a, a like an x-ray finding. So between L4 and like L5, which is two different spinal levels there's a degenerative disc like that's a x-ray finding like your person would like write that on the Mm x-ray what happened is they made that a diagnosis and they're like degenerative disc disease right when you hear that that sounds scary you're like what is wrong with me i have degenerative what disc disease i have a disease right so all of a sudden you have no idea that that's an x-ray finding which is normal right it sounds like some weird disease that you might die from if you don't know. So what I mean is if someone frames it to you like, hey, um, Shane, mm-hmm. this is a normal x-ray finding. You're totally going to be fine. I want you to be more active. That's what's going to help this. Right. You're like, okay, cool. So all I have to do is be more active. How can I do that? Well, you know, you said that you like going on walks. Why don't you add two of those per week? That's all you need. And you're like, oh. That's so easy. I love it. Yeah. It's Florida. I love going outside. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Or I could be like, I only have five minutes with you. This is what the x-ray showed. You have degenerative disc disease. I'm not a surgeon. You should go see the surgeon. Yeah. And all of a sudden now it's like, are they even a good candidate for surgery? How old are they? What other core, like what other things are going on with them? And so I yeah. mean, it's, it, yes, it's how the doctor's presenting it to you. That's one thing. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, I could tell you something scary or I could tell you something not scary. And both could be true. <laughs> right. You're right. Or, and then, and then it's how you interpret that. So if someone's like, you have degenerative disc disease and you're like, well, what is that? Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? And you're not automatically afraid, but most people see a doctor, white coat, and they freak out no matter what they say. Yeah. They have serious anxiety about it. They have serious anxiety about that. So, I mean, there's like how it's presented to you, but then also how you interpret that. What does that mean to you when you go home? And you hear you have this wrong with you. What does that mean to you? Does that mean you can get stronger and get better? Or does that mean you're a horrible person and you're a failure? Right. And it also depends on, you know, yeah, because it is complicated because there's so many Mm -hmm. like levels to it, right? There's the doctor or the clinician who's giving you the information and it depends how they give it to you, what their intent is when they're telling you, whether it's, I guess, you know, colloquially that's called bedside manner um, <laughs> yeah no you're and right it's and some doctors or, or clinicians just to keep it sort of broad have good bedside manner and some have less good bedside manner and they're more just very intelligent and they know what a lot about a lot of things but they're not the best at dealing with people um and that's that's okay i mean whatever you know it is what it is um but then th- then there's the element of like how do you interpret what the doctor said because even if they were good and telling you like sort of fine or normal things your you know each person's interpretation might differ because of just their own their nature and their propensity to you know catastrophize or not or dismiss or avoid or whatever it is it's like okay well you have to deal with that information and then um it's there's another aspect of like you know what do you look up online afterwards and what does that tell you you know how much of it are you going to think yourself into because you've seen that this these are the symptoms and you're like oh i definitely have those even though you know you probably might have some version but it's not as serious as you think it is or maybe it is i mean i guess i don't want to be dismissive right like some people have really bad serious things that are problematic and need dealing with um and then and then it's like well what do you do about it right Mm -hmm. and you know as a patient or a client you're quite limited with what your clinician's offering you Mm -hmm. right now you i mean you can go for a second opinion or you can explore other options alternative medicine things and you can do all of that but you got to want to do all of that you know whereas it's easier a lot of the time to just be like oh they know what's up they said it's this i got it I, that's just what it is i got to take it now right yeah and yeah it yeah i mean it, so it's really complicated and um it's very difficult uh, yeah for people to navigate their own health with you know m- minimal knowledge and minimal guidance from the professionals that you want helping you right yeah uh, you're you're so right and the interesting thing about all of this is that there is one model that it is like very well known works the best 
Mm. So this sounds all complicated and weird, and but there is one model that has worked forever for the mm-hmm. longest time, and it's called the biopsychosocial model. Right. Basically means we are biopsychosocial beings. Yes. Right. So the like bio part is the health part that we're talking about. This the like psych part is the part that we're talking about right now, which is that yeah. mental health aspect, and then social, meaning yeah. your family and friends. So. Yes, I get the whole bedside manner thing and you you made like a comment like it is what it is, but it's like how did it get that way? You know, how did that become like normal that you could have, you know, really shitty bedside manner and then somehow still practice? Yeah. You know, because we're not tested on that on our tests. It's like can you just do this part? Like can you do the like technical aspect of it? Can you be the technician? There yeah. is no human part because that's like that gets like who cares it's like just don't hurt people <laughs> or yeah. in some cases just don't kill them right? right seriously that was like the bar so low it's like just don't kill people you know yeah. so there's a whole other thing there but like for me i just wish that there was more emphasis in school because there was some when i went to school but like we should have been promoting biopsychosocial because it's mm-hmm. three questions it's like okay i told you the like bio part yeah. how do you feel about what i told you right do you have people that can support you in whatever we talk about as your like plan afterwards? Like mm-hmm. if you just ask those two other questions, it literally changes the whole thing. Yeah. That's like you for don't sure. have to be super. Experience. Yeah. And you, you don't have to be super anything. And so no. I think we just as practitioners, like we get in our own head and we're like, do they like me? Am I good? Right. You know, we ask, we're, we're like so busy with these questions about ourselves. And this is what fascinated me so much as a provider, because I'm like, I'm focused on me, but they don't give a shit about me. They just care about them. Right. So once I could get out of my own head, I became much better because I wasn't thinking about whether they liked me or not. Yeah. Right. And then I was like, they're thinking about that. But the actual patient is like worried about me judging them mm-hmm. if they tell me the truth about how long the pain is going on for blah, blah, blah. So they're not even telling me the full truth sometimes. So it becomes very difficult to help because it's like they have to be honest. If they're not honest, then I can't really help them. And that's actually part of the problem. It's actually a huge part of the problem that I don't hear so much conversation around. People aren't being honest. Like, hey, I've been depressed for six months. Not I kind of feel sad for two weeks. Like, I know I've been depressed for six months. Like people will just all of a sudden open up about that a few visits in once I gain their trust. Mm -hmm. And I'm like what like that changes things like do you have someone to talk to like well like then there's more questions right but if people aren't willing to be honest and then that goes back to the whole bedside thing so do you see how like it's like there's like these multi-pronged things that can be simplified like it's it doesn't sound like i'm we're making it sound scary and like hard (laughs) and sometimes it can feel that way honestly yeah but i decided to break out of that system because something needs to change like there's Mm -hmm. fundamental change that needs to happen and I don't know if you know Buckminster Fuller. No. Bucky, oh, he is, he's from Montreal and he's just, he's just such a smart guy. But he said something that I, had, I think forever changed my life. And he's like, if you want to change existing reality, you don't fight it, you create a new one. Right. And so I got really frustrated with not being able to help people because I didn't have resources and tools. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't norm. Like I was spending an hour with patients. That was already a lot. You yeah. know, 
Like that that's a very long appointment to spend with your doctor. So I got the privilege of getting to know them. My MD colleagues, they didn't get that much time. They have like seven minutes that's covered by the government or whatever, right? Yeah. And they're not getting paid a lot of money either. So, and I wasn't getting paid that much more, right? But I right. had the privilege of extending my appointments with people to really try to like help them better. So I had that privilege. This is how I got to know people better because I had that time to yeah. do that. So anyway, the reason why I bring all well, this up right, is because, though. yeah. And so I bring this all up because I just knew in my heart, like we need a different model because I could see the trends of mental health increasing. Right? Problems increasing. Problems. And so once I got out of my own way and I could focus on the person fully and not myself, I yeah. learned I had different gifts about me. I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had this intuitive ability to just know what was going on with somebody. Right. Like I could just feel it. And then I would verify by literally asking them. Mm-hmm. And what I found out was was kind of shocking because people would have would be talking about this trauma and abuse that they went through. And a lot of it was honestly sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And there's different levels and forms and definitions of that. But again, it depends on what that person thinks is it yeah. like if they feel sexually abused that's what matters right it doesn't it's matter not necessarily them. yeah and i I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't matter what happened to them i mean i don't want to get into the specifics of that yeah i know what you're but saying but it's it's crazy to me because then i was like wait what all these people are carrying this stuff with them and then like yeah. how i talked about you know how your your how you view yourself and your worth and even financial status in the world is your root chakra i learned that there's chakras all along the spine of the body Mm-hmm. And they correlate to different parts of ourselves. Right. And what's crazy is before I even knew that, I started to see these patterns pop up. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody wow. had grief, it would always be mid-back pain. Hmm. Now, and then I started correlating that right. with like acupuncture and it's like, well, lungs hold grief. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's extraordinary. It's fascinating. Um, and you know, it's really interesting that you sort of came to these patterns before you learnt the words for it, let's say, you know, like chakra yeah. or whatever it is, no. because, I mean, what I find interesting is that, you know, various sort of ancient wisdom traditions or practices in all over the world have sort of spoken about these things for thousands of years without having the sort of sciency knowledge that we have today, right? It w- I mean, I don't know exactly how they came to be, but presumably it was some pattern recognition and development and in like intuitive uh, understanding of things and self-knowledge and, you know, like the yogis um, or the yoga masters like have extraordinary understanding of their body and the workings. And so all the little changes that happen they can pick up at a much more subtle level that most of us can't because we're just not used to it or we're not trained in it or we don't practice enough or whatever it is. But, you know, th- it, it's just part of the human structure. Um, and it's a, a particular, mo- like the chakra m- model, let's say, is I look at it as like, it's a particular way of viewing and understanding part of the human condition or the human body right Mm -hmm. um like it's it's often very difficult to try and integrate like biomedicine which is like you know the sort of western medicine versus um you know like eastern medicine practices like acupuncture or acupressure or herbal medicine or things like that 
and uh, chakra uh, things. And, and I think that the problem, or not the problem, but like one of the things is that, well, you're working off different assumptions, but you're all trying to explain the same thing, mm -hmm. right? Humans have all these problems that come up. Now, there have been various people and, and traditions or, or studies that have tried to investigate what are these problems, how do they arise, and how do we fix them or mitigate their suffering or deal with them, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. And then depending on what assumptions you're going off of, like at a fundamental level, that you can build systems to understand the body differently, right? So if, if you talk about like in acupuncture, they talk a lot about, you know, the meridians and different energy flowing patterns in the body. And that doesn't quite line up with like a quite like a biological structural analysis of the of the human body, right? It's not that it doesn't line up, but the terms are don't match each no, other. Like, it it kind of lines up perfectly. <laughs> no, it, it lines up because it's yeah. all describing the same thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. the way you're the way it's described is different, and so it's hard to um, integrate them. Not impossible, and it's being done a lot, right? Like mm -hmm. these days, there's a ton of scientific studies being done on acupuncture and um, finding phenomenal results in it. So it's all good, you know. It's not a one's better than the other necessarily, and so. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that like, well, you were seeing these patterns of uh, symptom manifestation, let's say, associated mm -hmm. with all these like, you know, biopsychosocial problems or, or challenges um, without even trying and just by asking questions, right? And that's obviously a credit to you in, in that you weren't just gonna accept um, that, oh, I'm just here to, do some adjustments or you know fix this problem and send you on your way it's a you you were much more interested in like i want to help you well at least this is what i i'm getting from what you've been saying is it's like your approach is like i want to help you um as a person mm -hmm. and my perhaps my expertise is in you know chiropractics but it's much more than that because we're humans and you, it's very difficult to just isolate different structures in the body and pretend like the rest of it doesn't exist i mean that's what a lot of medicine does um yep. <laughs> but <laughs> you don't have to do and it not to sound judgy but it's kind of true you know like if you just stand back for a second and like look at it it's true right yeah well i mean it's like i i think it's you know it's it doesn't have to be i, I struggle a lot with like discussing these points and not trying to sound like judgy or condescending or mm -hmm. like it's or like saying it's all wrong or it's all bad or whatever or that it you know was designed this way to be manipulative i don't i don't think that's true i think it's a consequence of just how we've evolved where the increase in knowledge and research and studies has basically forced people to specialize in ever like narrowing areas right yeah. So before, yeah. like several hundred years ago, physicians would study everything that they knew about the body at the time, which wasn't that much. So you could study all of it. Um, and there weren't that many people doing it. But today, mm -hmm. where you, know, you, can ha you can do a PhD on like one molecule or like one reaction in the liver or in the brain or in the whatever, and like that's your whole deal now is yep. you're an expert on this one thing 
And like, yep. fine, you know, okay. I mean, that's just how it is because you've got to add to the body of research and, you know, there's criteria and so be it. But um, that's why I think that there's things like all these specialist doctors is because generalists um, aren't like, I mean, they're, they're needed, but they're not developed as much, right? Because there's so much knowledge that's out there that it's better for people, at least they think so, that to specialize in one area and just deal with that and how it affects the rest of the body, perhaps. Um, and I mean, they yeah. do good things, right? Like if you have cancer, you, you go see a cancer doctor. Um, like you right. don't go to your sort of just general practitioner for cancer treatment. So it's not mm. bad that uh, you have these specialists, but it can be limiting in how they approach things you know 100%. like if you go to if you go to a surgeon guess what they're either going to recommend surgery or not those are the options yeah and, i mean <laughs> and that's true. just how it, that's just how it goes like yeah. you can't it, it it's just we're in a position where it, it's it would be weird to go to a surgeon and expect them to give you like non a non-surgical treatment i mean they you know good surgeons with integrity will obviously tell you if you don't need surgery um, but uh, you, that's their area, right? They'll be like, go to a different specialist. That's where I think that you'll find your answers. And so yeah. I guess it's just this division that's happened. Yeah, and, and then a part of that is too, is like, we value that. We're like, oh, I want to see this expert. So yeah. like we reinforce that system of like, having people just really specialize on one thing. And as you said, that whole generalist concept goes away. And I think the reason why that works is because you can hire a team of experts. Mm -hmm. You can surround yourself with like experts and then you get a more like holistic view. The problem is if those, and I'm just going back to health here because that's my yeah, yeah. kind of area. If those experts that you've hired don't communicate to one another, yeah, then you pretty much are being treated like a bunch of siloed parts still. Mm -hmm even though you're getting that holistic treatment, you may not feel like you're getting that holistic treatment. And at the end of the day, if people are, are experts in like one thing, they be, they just see things through that lens constantly. Yeah. You know? Um, and so you can't guarantee that that person's going to go to rehab just because you tell them to, if they're, if, if surgery is not the option either. Right? right. So then it becomes a little bit tricky in this case so for me i feel like that holistic someone who can look at everything and sort of you know direct all, all these people and communicate through them like i feel like that's actually a really important role and like maybe our healthcare system could work better if we had roles like that where like yes. your role should just communicate you know and they've actually done studies in northern ontario and they had these teams of people who would go treat really chronic lower back pain cases and the results were like outstanding wow when people work in teams and there's no competition because that's the other thing with like experts it's like well i want it like i want this patient or i want that or i want this it's like it it's like there's so much like fighting if you yeah. actually if you incentivize collaboration and so this is what was different about these studies they incentivize the team working they mm -hmm. gave them the dedicated time to connect, right? And then they got paid based on the positive outcome. Right. So so they got That's paid more if the person did better quickly. So right. I'm so saying like, it, yeah. and, and so these things are possible. Mm -hmm. so it's basically taking a very similar system, 
but just changing things. And what's interesting is the providers were happier. Yeah, because they're doing it, good things it's not the together. Pressure is not all, it's, it's, it's like, here, you do what you're really good at, and then let you know Dr. B do what he's really good at. So Dr. A and Dr. B work together, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, it's like like you said, to change it now and be like, well, forget experts. Let's go back to generalists, you know? That's <laughs> that's that's going to yeah. take some time, you know? Yeah. It's also not I necessarily the best that way. Yeah, and I and I think that we, we, we are actually making a shift back towards mm. that um, a little bit. And I think the system is going to change dramatically post-COVID, too, because we saw the, like, challenges <laughs> mm. during the pandemic with the current structure. It is limited, right? And we saw yeah. that. Um it's like yeah and there's so many mental health um cases i i think the thing that's really shocking is the amount of um younger people like children um that are now coming up with like mental health there are going to be challenges from this that are going to be longer lasting and i think forever change healthcare. um but anyway getting back to your point i think Hmm. generalists is something that um is going to be needed in the future for that because more and more we're starting to recognize that you're not just your left hip pain yeah you're not just your like mental health thing people are starting to realize because again we moved really quickly so this is how i'm saying like everything is connected because technology just expanded so quickly we tried to adapt with it yeah and people treat themselves like machines mm-hmm. like i don't want to feel my feelings <laughs> yeah. i just have to work hard all day like if an alien like species heard us they'd be like what are those robots like yeah that's a weird robot like we don't it's a weird way to talk to about ourselves <laughs> yeah and like pe- people are like i suck i'm the worst i'm not good enough and like they yeah. literally talk to themselves like they're not human like you yeah, would never people. talk to a kid like that most people I and I, I don't i don't think most people and put them everybody in in a category but i mean sure generally speaking i'm not totally off with that you know um, work harder, go faster, do more, <laughs> and yeah. we don't want to feel our shit, and we want to numb. And it's like we're not even treating ourselves really deeply on the inside like humans. Yeah, no. You know? it, and I'm it, saying it this, and because you're like, y- you said some really nice, positive things about me in terms of I wanted to treat people like a human. I didn't tell you this on your podcast, but I had my own pain. Yeah, my own chronic pain that I realized. I'm not speaking well to myself. As I'm realizing these patterns in other people, I'm like, shit, this kind of applies to me. Yeah. You know, and so I started realizing that connection and I took the like leap on me first. Well, I'll be the friggin' laboratory. Let me see if if changing the way I speak or changing what I think actually right. affects my pain without doing any more treatment. Yeah. And I, I had a, a astounding results myself but i did friggin weird shit like this is not in any medical textbook i felt like a total lunatic i didn't tell anybody what i was doing i just did it because it affected my work like i could not work if i was in pain like i would have sharpshooting pain down my back that i like down my leg that i could not move from the ground wow so i'd call into work and my receptionist would laugh at me like you're the chiropractor with back pain who can't come into work okay and that's I was nice. like, well, now I just got shamed for that. So obviously that did a number on my psyche in terms, yeah. and then I had pain. So it wasn't like, I want to be like, oh yeah, I was Mother Teresa. Like, nope. It came no, from this place sure. of, I have to. It came like the urgency was there <laughs> from that point, right? So I'm telling people this because I'm human. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. And But I figured this out for me. 
And then I started applying it to my patients. Well, let me take what I've learned right. and what I'm continuing to learn and apply it. But that and also I know strengthens we really get into your this. position, right? Because oh, you're oh my coming God. from a place of reality. Oh, and my you're, confidence was theory. like, no. I was like, if it worked for me, it's got to work for more people. And what's yeah. interesting is I started getting people who had seen everybody else and nothing had worked. Mm-hmm. So kind of very chance? similar to me. Well, I mean, chance. this is where, because well, chance, mm, because this is where like my other kind of teachings, I kind of got, I, I started teaching with like Bob, Bob Proctor and I started mm. learning about conscious manifestation. So it's interesting that I just explained to you how basically being desperate for lack of a better term, yeah, changed everything for me. I, I had to hit my version of a low, and that wasn't the lowest low, but it was a low, right? Reaching that point sprung me into urgency, and I and I changed things because I was motivated to change things. And then I started seeing people who were in that same place, so I knew mm-hmm. exactly what to say to help them because I knew what worked for me. Yeah, suffering were, is the and, great teacher. It is the great teacher, and they were in a place that they were willing to try basically anything. As weird as it sounds, like I asked people to talk to their pain because that right. was the first thing I did. I was like, why are you here, pain? What do you have to teach me? And I was like on the floor. I couldn't move. I didn't know what else to do. I was like meditating and then I just started talking to it. And so that was when I had my first breakthrough. How, did, how does that go? Talking to I mean, your pain? I, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, how do you, what do you mean? Like, so is it a matter of just like sitting or lying or standing with, you know, your eyes closed and just breathing? Oh, no and focusing no No? nope so picture somebody so picture yourself for instance right i was face down on the floor i'll give you the exact scenario i was face down on the floor face down that was the face down because that was the the position that was the most comfortable out of all the the positions so i'm like face down i have a pillow and i there's a sharpshooting pain searing down my my like back and my leg and I took the day off work and I didn't get much better. And I knew I had to go into work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because of the shame piece. Like, I didn't mind taking another day off work, but I was like, well, I don't want to be that doctor who can't come in because of back pain. And I was like, something has to change. And so I tried to get really quiet. And I was like, I'll do breathing. I did exercises that I knew had helped in the past and nothing was working. And it's getting to be like seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh. And so I just got so frustrated. I'm like, I just want this to be over with. And mm-hmm. then I just heard something quietly say, like, talk to the pain. And now I'm like, oh, now there's friggin' voices in my head. Great. <laughs> but it was it was just there. It was like, just talk. Okay. And so I was like, hello. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hello, pain. <laughs> I remember just being, yeah, like I was, yeah. I was by myself. So I was just like, hello, pain. And I didn't yeah. know what to say. And I was like, if like, why are you like, I'm just going to swear. I was like, why the fuck are you here? Like, yeah, what the fuck am I supposed podcast. to learn from this? Yeah. Okay, great. So I was like, why the fuck? Like, why, why are you here? Like, why are you bothering me? I'm, I remember asking that. Like, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. And, and then I just remember all of a sudden getting these visuals. Like, do you remember back in the day there was like a flip book? Oh. It was like still images, but then they were like kind of like they were like slightly shifted, and then if you flipped it, it looked like a moving oh, picture. Yeah, like stop motion stuff. Yes. Okay. So I had one of those from Disney as a kid. It was Bambi. Anyway, mm. so I guess that's what worked for me. So anyway, they showed me uh, they. I just got these images of all of the times I could have done something that I didn't do. Okay. Like 
you could have stopped and reflected on your pain there, except you ignored it. Or you could have stood up for yourself here and you didn't. You could have, I didn't know what the, what the term was at the time, but set a boundary here and you didn't. This is when you said no. This is when you played small. This right. is when you suppressed. This, it was like a flip book. And of I was regret. like, basically. And mm-hmm. it was like, I was like, I looked at it and I was like, all of that is true. Like those things happened and I tried to forget about all of them. But I didn't know it at the time that I just suppressed. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I started crying because I was like, all of that is so true. And then I just heard it say, like, do you accept it? Right. And I was like, yeah, I accept it. Because that's true. Like, it's so true. Like, you know something's so true, you, you don't know what to do. And you're like, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I was just like, yes. And almost instantaneously, I'm not even, like, lying to you, Shane. Almost instantaneously, the pain stopped. Wow. And I was like, what? And it, it was just it, it was it just wasn't there. And I'm like, what? So I get up, I lie on my back, it's not there. Because I told you that was like more painful. Yeah. I'm like lying on my side, I'm like lifting my leg. And then I was like, what? And then I get up and I'm like moving all about to see if it could come back. Right. I'm like, no, it's 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 there. It's gotta be there. Trying to find it. And it wasn't it there. Yeah, I tried to find it because I was like, oh my god, that's that's what the yeah, what the fuck's like, going on? <laughs> I went to like crazy la la land and and I was like, what is going on? So I decided to like have a shower, you know, hot shower will help, whatever. And I just went to bed and I passed out like a friggin' baby. I had the best sleep ever. Mm. Woke up the like next day, there was nothing. Like it was still not there. And, and you've I had no like, pain since? No. <laughs> No, that's not how the, yes, no, I'm just kidding. That's not how the story, but I decided to ne- like never tell anybody about that. I was like, you never tell anybody that you were a freaking weirdo. Then yeah. my pain came back months later oh, okay. and I had to, I, then I started understanding what happened. Cause even though I got that flash moment of all these things, I didn't do anything with it. I was like, Oh, right. I guess that's the work, right? <laughs> I just, I acknowledged it was there, but I had this opportunity, this, this window to do something different Mm -hmm. it's not just about doing because everyone's like what can i do what can i do it's not doing it's doing different like it was asking me to change it was like here's the personal growth that is required for you to not have this anymore do you accept and i was like oh yeah but i just thought accepted in that moment and then it was done right and i refused to do the growth part and then it came back and this is what i see to kind of bring this home, this is what I see with my patients yeah, and now clients. It's asking you to change something. Like, I am such a believer that pain is a request for change. It's like, hey, hmm. Tracy, this is not working for you. And again, it wasn't necessarily like an exercise move I did wrong. Like, I want people to know it's not just physical things. These were like emotional stuff that like somebody made me feel like crap and I just shrunk or I didn't say anything about it. You know, these were really interesting moments in my life that I didn't put the pieces together were ever connected. And all of these things had to do with me as a person, how I felt about myself, my self-worth, mm-hmm. and sometimes money, which is exactly what I told you before. Yeah. And it was lower back pain. Mm-hmm. And so I thought this was so interesting. And then I slowly started getting better and I was like, I have to know more about this. Yeah. Like, how could that happen so quickly? And and again, I needed it. I was so low. And I just, I basically asked for help. 
you yeah. know, I got so desperate that I asked and the weirdest thing came through and that's what works. So I want people to know, like, if you have symptoms and they're unrelenting or they're continuous, there's a reason. It's not because you're a bad person and God is trying to punish you or anyone's trying to punish you. It's for your growth and development. And that's a massive paradigm shift. Like, I'm very aware of how we were not taught that. Yeah. Well, because people don't know, uh, to be fair. Like, it's not like it was hidden. No, and and I'm saying it's like, it's like it's no one's fault and there's like no one to blame. Yeah, you know, like no, I'm, I'm, I'm not here blaming my school, being like, you didn't tell me this. Like, <laughs> they weren't practicing it. Of course, they didn't tell me it. They yeah. didn't know it, you know. But for some reason, I know it, yeah. and I couldn't live with myself using this old model, knowing the truth of something different. Right. And I haven't given the like, like I'm not the only person that's talked to their pain and it's gone away. Like I thought, okay, well I'm crazy. <laughs> then I started feeling more comfortable telling patients about it. Then I heard more and more people who did some version of that. Yeah. Where no, they it, would it, yeah. they would get it, answers, you know what I mean? It's extraordinary how you can talk to yourself um, if you're willing to and open to it, you know? Yeah. And, and you can, and you can ask yourself anything, really. You can ask yourself anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not exactly clear what that means when you ask yourself something. Um, are you connecting with your subconscious or your higher self or whatever? I mean, it's, you know, complicated, but it's possible. Um, yeah, it's totally and, possible. And, and if you don't expect answers, or not don't expect it, but if you're willing to just sit down or lie down, I suppose, and ask the question and wait for an answer, then you might get one and it'll come faster than you imagine. <laughs> yeah, and so and I know I yeah. sound I know it sounds kind of crazy. People are like, "I don't want to no, do that." It right? Cuz like even even asking yourself a question, like that's that feels scary sometimes. People are like, "Why would mm-hmm. I ask myself a question i don't even trust myself or like what do i know you know we all have that like you know am i good enough what do i know kind of attitude Mm -hmm. and it's like well you actually know you best of course like you're actually the expert on you that's what i used to tell my my patients all the time like i'm not the expert on you i can't be in your body and know your experience but you can right you know and that's how i help bridge the gap because everyone thinks that the doctor is the expert but i'm like no 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 you're the expert on you yeah, because people were like, I, I kind of always knew that was related, or I had this feeling. I kept hearing that I had this feeling that this was connected, or I knew deeply it was related. Yeah, and they just never and allowed like, themselves to explore it. Yeah, I was like, well, why didn't you do anything about it? And they were like, well, I don't know. I saw a doctor, and he told me that like he didn't he like there's no way, mm. or he didn't know. And then yeah. they gave me this name diagnosis, and then I just started working on that. I'm like, did the problem actually get better though? They're like, kind of, for some time, but no. And so it's just really fascinating. Yeah, it's just this carousel that I kept hearing about. And I was like, oh, God, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And that's when I really started to do coaching Mm. because I was like, well, that seems to be the solution where I can actually spend more time with people. But we can talk about those. I talked about it before, those traumas, Mm -hmm. those childhood traumas that people are like, I kind of forgot about that. Why is it coming up now so that you can address it? Yeah. And I'm not saying that we sit down and we talk about it for five hours and sing Kumbaya, right? <laughs> we address it in the sense that you can be aware of it. What lesson do you like want to take from this to help you move forward? Do you even yeah. have a goal to move forward? Are you happy? Like there's what brings you joy? Like, there's so many questions that I, I really start asking people. Like the first one is like, do you love what you do? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Do you, you, know, do you truly love what you do? Yeah. Like, and I hate to bring it back to work, but that's like where we spend 70 or more percent of our time. If you're an, yeah. if you're an entrepreneur, you spend it's important. Your, a lot of your time there, right? Um, it's very much like work life, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not like this, like work life balance they are kind of like here. So there's so many questions. I think my unique, um, spot in the like marketplace now is that I have a lot of, uh, mindset knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. cause it's really like, like you said, it's about like, if you're talking your subconscious or spirit or whatever, some people say that they're all the same, that sure. infinite mind is your subconscious is whatever. But whatever you have going on there, whatever programming that's going on, that is causing you not to see these patterns that are causing ultimately physical pain mm-hmm. or disease, those can be changed. Yeah. You know, those can be totally changed. And I did it. That's why I'm telling you with such confidence, like I did it. I changed those things, but I also started to reprogram my subconscious mind for success. Right. Because people don't understand your subconscious mind has one job. It's like one A and one B. One A is to keep you alive so that one B you can procreate. (laughs) That's it. It doesn't care about making you happy. It doesn't care about you having a successful, productive life. It doesn't give a shit. That was the thing that shocked me when I started learning this. I was like, wait a minute. Our subconscious mind that basically runs our show People say it's like 80%. I've heard like up to 95% of your thought is unconscious during the day. Mm-hmm. All this thing cares about is keeping me alive so that I can have babies. Yes. That's it. And it I was mean, like, yep, that's it. Yeah. From from an evolutionary biology perspective, that's exactly right. Um, and the manifestation it, of that It is... hasn't evolved since then. That's the crazy thing. I'm like, wait a minute. No. We've well, evolved we haven't in been technology. Human that long. No, <laughs> we haven't. But it's crazy to me. Like people understand like when you're going through your day and you're making decisions, mm-hmm. your subconscious filter is keeping you alive and procreating. That's the filter that we're making these dis- decisions with. Yes. Everything you do is either for your survival, as you say, the first and that makes sense, right? Cuz mm-hmm. nothing matters if you're dead. So mm-hmm. you will do whatever it takes to survive. Um, up into a point, I suppose, but uh, you know, never mind that part. But and then mm-hmm. the procreation part is just, and that's an interesting thing that it's not really spoken about these days because we think we're evolved beyond it. But I mean, if you just go back any amount of time in human history, like that's just what it's about. It's just continuing your genetic line because it's so important to evolution, and it just yep. drives you to do everything. And if you're yep. honest with yourself. And you look at your motivations for doing things very often that's what you'll find mm-hmm. and both those things uh, yeah and and uh, and it's interesting because it's like very often i think people talk about how like they want to be happy right and mm-hmm. that's real and i'm not saying that's not true but it's like well why um you know why do you want to <laughs> be great happy? question yeah and there's no easy answer to that but the list of things that people think will make them happy ultimately you can generally whittle down to those at least those two things right survival sort of everyone just assumes for the most part um and then procreation is huge i mean it's not not everyone does it obviously i mean you know 99 percent of species that have lived on earth have gone extinct so it's not like it's a, a winning solution for everyone 
but it's certainly a driving force in pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, why do you want to be successful? Or, you know, you, would you want to have money because you just want to have stuff? Or do you want to have money because you want to try and attract a mate? Um, you know, why do you want to, I mean, it, you can just ask those questions like indefinitely and more often than not, that's exactly what you'll find, right? But it's yeah, weird for people to think about because we don't like to oh, think of totally. ourselves as so like evolutionarily primal. Um, primal, yeah. Yeah, um, and like it's like, do you want a lot of money just so you can feel safe, so that yeah. you'll live longer? You know, it's like it's kind of interesting because, like you said, people don't think about it, and I didn't think about it that way either. Mm -hmm. But the more I started learning, the more I was like, oh, yeah. it's such a weird thing to learn about it and then witness it in yourself. Yeah. But that's you know? the best place to do it because then it oh, you totally. can, you're not speculating, right? No. And but it's then also there interesting. is work yeah. involved to change that, you know, like it can course, be changed. Yeah. That's the first thing. So we've like, we're like really shattering some people's paradigms if they've never heard this before. <laughs> that's Because cool. this is like, yeah this, yeah, this is like when I first heard it, like it took me years when I first like, I've said things that took me years to learn on this podcast. Like mm -hmm. I don't want people to think like, oh, this is just yesterday's news. Like, no, of course. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I'm just a chiropractor, right? Like, I'm just here to crack backs. <laughs> like, that's what I'm here to do. And then there was this whole world opening up to yeah. me. And I kept getting these these opportunities. And I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck is your subconscious mind? <laughs> please hold up and yeah. please say that again. And then I started seeing everything that I saw in clinic, going back to your point, Shane, I started to be like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. This, this is it. makes sense. Like, yeah. and you could, it was just, I was hearing stuff and I was like, I took really good notes. That's the thing I love about myself oh, is nice. that I took really great patient notes. I wasn't always good at getting them done quickly, but they were thorough, especially yeah. the um, history part. I was very good at that. And like I said, people just like opening up to me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a cancer in my ascending, so I don't know. I think I just mm -hmm. track that. And it's just my personality. People feel yeah. comfortable and safe opening up to me, which is, you know, such a wonderful um, yeah. thing and like, and like compliment. But I think it's because this is my ultimate purpose. Right. My, my like purpose is to get here to this point, to be able to help people. And again, I use that word holistic. I can address that, that mind-body connection. Right. Yeah. But now I have the like mindset tools to help people move past that. OK, so we understand that there's some kind of like limiting belief or block that's affecting you physically. But then then what? Then how yeah. do we change that subconscious to actually help you move forward, not to just procreate? If you want to procreate, amazing. But what does your life look like between now and when you die? Yeah. You know, like like what do you want that to look like? You know, yeah. And that's, and that's a the human that, side of things. That's right? the human side of things, right? And this yeah. is what I want to bring together. It's like you're going to go through life regardless. So I am really passionate about helping people understand that they have power. That's the thing. I told you your subconscious mind is like 80 to 95% of what you do. You can actually change that and have it serve you. Right. It doesn't have you to know, be a burden. Of, it doesn't have to be a burden. It can actually be your best friend. Yeah, and it, it should be. It can be your best friend. And it should be your the, like best friend. But like I said, it's kind of like the similar theme we've been talking about, about mm. systems that are older that need to be updated. And now I'm bringing it slowly from this kind of esoteric into yeah. literally you. Like it comes down to you upgrading your mindset. And yeah. what's, what's interesting is you talked about it taking a long time in 
um, healthcare or even the government. Well, we'll just use the like, government because that's classic, right? Yeah. Um, I think when, when we were in school and we saw studies, it was like, okay, well, this study was proven today. You'll see it 20 years from now, <laughs> like in, actually yeah. in, in effect, in the and then there'll be new research yeah. at that time. And anyway, that was kind of like the like joke. And the reason why is people believe that things take a really long time. It's just, it's one of those subconscious beliefs that are in there that things right. are hard and things take a long time. It's very dominant in society now, right? And what's interesting and the thing that blew my mind is that mm. your subconscious mind does not take long to reprogram. Right. It does not take long and it is not hard. That's like, it's not sometimes, hard. I suppose. And it's like the actual process is not hard. Right, right. Sure. Right. The actual process itself is is like not hard. Getting yourself to do the work is what the, that's the challenge. That's the hard. Yeah. But the actual process in and of, 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 of itself is simple. It's right. just doing it. That's hard. And I think we use hard in all kinds of ways. Like that's challenging. That's difficult or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I want people to know, like, it's not hard in the way you probably think hard is. But again, it's that personal development. It's like when I was on when I said yes to all these things, but then I didn't do anything. That's mm-hmm. the heart. It's like, here's where you can grow. Here's where you can change so that this is not a problem. And then I was like, no, thank you. And to go right back to everything that I did before. That's yeah. the hard part, right? Where right. the symptoms come back, where I personally didn't experience any healthcare provider who could help me. And I sought it out, by the way. Like I said, I was very motivated. Yeah. And... I knew that it was my reputation and my career on the line. So I was very motivated. I went everywhere. Yeah. And I got bits and pieces, but no one who could give me the full picture, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm telling people, cause I get it. It can be frustrating as fuck. Believe me. I yeah. get it. And even now when you don't have as much like social support, so that's the interesting thing given COVID social yeah. part of that biopsychosocial mart, if you want to go there isn't the same right that that no. social support isn't there and i wouldn't really tell anybody about it because it was it's crazy at the time to do what, yeah. I, what i was doing you know what i mean like four or five years ago like this was not talked about in the way that it is now yeah. and something that's accepted so i didn't tell people about it but i started telling my patients about it mm. you know just sliding and then in when comments, they started getting and yeah and then when they started getting better and better results and it wasn't just about their foot pain going away it was about their whole life changing as mm-hmm. my life was changing so i wow. want people to know like first the pain went away and then i started using the conscious manifestation in other places right so i was like wait it, it works for healthcare. what else does it work for <laughs> just again that curious mind yeah. i was like oh my god it works for like everything yeah like got a house got a car like got my like i like got a condo i love got my dream car and then i was like wait what like this is a whole different game that i've been playing before i was playing by some bullshit rules and now (laughs) this is a whole different game with whole different rules anyway we it's 5 20 oh oh no um did we lose connection (laughs) are you there (laughs) i cut out again hello Oh yeah. Okay. No worries. <laughs> Probably because we've gone over time. <laughs> yeah. No. Listen. It, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I think we've had a wonderful conversation. Um, I'd love to have you yeah, back fun. on sometime to continue. Yeah. Um, Definitely. This was great. fun. So thank you. Yeah, and I hope uh, people can you know get some benefit from it and and just hear having heard your story and what you went through and how it's possible to come out on the other side and that there are people you know like you who are 
trying to be better and be the change and that they wish to see in the world or as the expression goes and yeah gandhi said that yep. <laughs> yeah um yeah. so thank you very much uh if would you like to plug any of your stuff people can check more of you out yeah um if you want to hear more about conversations around personal development and what that looks like holistically you can check out my podcast called spirit of success and if you want to contact me just to chat or even want to work with me you can find me at dr.tracydebbie on instagram and facebook cool well thank you very much we'll talk awesome. soon thanks so much